Everyone, happy almost New Year! Welcome to episode 51 of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier, joined by my co-host Doug Hay, and excited for this episode because we've got a good guest and a little bit more talk about New Year's, which still is my favorite holiday. Doug, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. It is good to be here as always. Of course, it is. So we talked in our last episode about, or not last, in a previous episode about New Year's stuff. We talked about resolutions a little bit. And uh, I didn't really have one. I have kind of thought of one since then, which I'll get to in a minute. But uh, <laughs> Courtney's a good a good last episode before New Year's guest because she she writes the blog Be More with Less. We've also talked a lot about simplicity in this podcast in like the past month for whatever reason. Yeah. We've just kind of talked about it a lot. Uh, that's what she does. She will be better known for Nomad Athlete readers actually uh, as the founder of Project Three Thirty Three, which is the thing that I've been doing. I probably have done it for two three years now where you have every three months you just have 33 items of clothing that you are working from. And there are exceptions like underwear and workout clothes and stuff like that. They don't count. Uh, but she's doing a new thing now with food where it's 33 ingredients for three months, which is kind of cool. I think all these things, they don't cost money or anything. So they're, they're kind of cool New Year's resolution ideas or just if you're looking for something different, they're, they're fun to check out. So in that, we're going to get into simplicity, uh, a little bit about changing habit type of stuff, but but more just kind of talking about making changes, talking about these two different projects, uh, and then also talking about A Simple Year, which is a project that Courtney and I did together. We talked about that in a previous podcast episode, uh, but it's going to be open again in the beginning of January, so we'll you'll hear Courtney and I mention that at the very end of our interview. So, as for New Year's stuff, um, yeah, what's your new, I want to see what you think of my, my new... So this this is not a big goal of mine, because I, I, I really do think resolutions are, in the way that we do New Year's resolutions, typical, are, are different from goals mm-hmm. they're just they're, i don't know to me like new year's resolution sort of carries with it an element of like fun like and <laughs> and also not hard like like i feel like when people say my new year's resolution is to lose 50 pounds and like completely change my life i mean I, I guess it's good that that they're trying to make that change but as we've talked about before i think it's more likely to, to be successful if it's part of a much bigger process goals process right yeah i feel like new year's resolution though like just a just a quick kind of easy thing uh, that's a good fit for just for just the last minute. Hey, I'm going to make this kind of change in the new year. Uh, what I want to do, actually, and it's funny that we're doing this in the same episode as Simplicity, is uh, kind of unsimplify a little bit of my life. Like I, I've I've talked about before how ever since I've gone vegan, it has kind of made me just move towards simplicity in a lot of other areas of my life. Uh, with you know, getting rid of cable TV really simplifying even like the stuff i read i just don't really read any blogs anymore like all my reading is books which is cool and like except for rocket runner <laughs> except right that that one i religiously i just refresh the page all the time just yep. to see if there's a new, yep. i can't even wait for the email to come i know good um, all right so <laughs> except for that one uh i've sort of and i didn't really mean to but like most of what i almost everything i read is books which is cool i think that's good because i think so many people have the opposite problem that, that they never read books and all they read is this sort of noise that changes every two minutes with the news or whatever else and doesn't really have any meaning long term uh but i I realize i'm kind of like i don't know maybe it's also because i'm getting older but i feel like i'm just losing touch with the world kind of (laughs) (laughs) so like i don't know i want to actually make a practice of 
I don't know if it'll be a half hour a day or 20 minutes. Maybe I'll start in small steps like I preach. Uh, I've actually like reviewing stuff and reading blogs and listening to podcasts and just kind of, I don't know, being uh, a normal person again instead of like a hermit. So, <laughs> so do you have like a list of blogs that you're going to check out? No, I don't, but I'm going to compile one. Okay. I have, a, I can think of offhand, I can think of 10 places I'd like to start. A lot of them are, are more like not, not health and fitness blogs as much as like, I don't know, people who do cool business stuff like Jeff Sanders podcast would be yep. a cool one. He, I just, I just like his stuff and I like those types of things. Things are about productivity, self-improvement. I'm into that sort of thing. Some health fitness stuff for sure will be in my little list of keeping up with. So that's that's and what I'm doing. I mean, I've got plenty of other ideas too, but I've been really into um, a couple new podcasts, and they're not they're not like self improvement podcasts at all. They're just kind of entertainment podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, anything like that, or are you going to stick to the self help stuff? I don't know. That's a good question. I've been getting into like music. Uh, things recently like there's that have you heard of tiny desk concerts NPR uh-huh. thing? Oh, yeah. i don't listen to npr I don't, I don't know anything about that i just saw on our on our roku on tv that there was this channel called tiny desk Concerts, <laughs> and i got like a connor ober's 15 minute show and uh-huh. a ben gibbard show and it's just these people playing acoustic songs so then i saw that and i was like i need to listen to some music podcasts and like yeah not just listen to people who were popular in 19 or whatever 2004 which is what these guys would, would fit in there pretty well yeah well so, they're with their podcast the all songs considered podcast which is Right, the same people who do the tiny desk is excellent. It's great. I listen to it pretty much every week. Yeah, so I I would like to just get in touch with that sort of thing again. Uh, once I add that, then then it starts to get to be a lot and it feels like a drastic change. Because I I don't know. I mean, who knows? Then like when I go running, it's like I gotta start listening to all that stuff. <laughs> and I don't really know. But so this has not been clearly formed New Year's resolution yet. But I don't know. I would I would be excited to do more of that sort of stuff. So. That's that's where I am. I'm going to have more stuff. I'm going to be doing something in January with writing and running, I think, with my sister, Christine, who writes a blog called BetterNovelProject.com. She used to uh, write guest posts for No Meet Athlete, actually, in the early days. But we're going to do something, which pro- probably the details by now will have, by the time this recording comes out, will have been announced on NoMeetAthlete.com. So go there if we haven't if you haven't heard of it yet. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to have too much stuff going on, and I also have some actual serious goals I'm trying to think about formulating like an actual marathon type goal or something but i don't know trying to balance which i always do this struggle of how do you how do you get really motivated and have tons of changes you want to make and and balance that with the one habit at a time small steps you know type of mindset that i think is really good and important so i don't know that's where i am how about you new year's resolutions any you got anything good well just the big goals we talked about last time which were i want to run another hundred this year Mm -hmm. and i have some personal business goals, and then uh, Katie and I connecting more to the community, which right. we, we chatted a little bit about. Culminating in like a run for mayor or something? Of Black Mountain, <laughs> yeah, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, city council of Black Mountain. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you know, more uh, actually having friends. Right. That's a good one. <laughs> no, have I friends. don't know. <laughs> yeah, just uh, connecting, you know, getting more connected to our, to our new community. Right. Um. But you know, not other than that, not too much. I actually have been th- feeling recently that, um, and I was just talking to this with somebody the other day, that uh, I listen to so many podcasts and read so many blogs and and things that, um, you know, there's very little time that I'm completely turned off. Even I've recently I've been listening to so many more podcasts on the run. Running used to be a time when I didn't listen to anything, 
and that has changed really in the past couple months and I'm finding that I'm always ingesting something and and I've you know so I haven't really declared this until right now but maybe my new year's resolution will be to cut a little bit about a little bit of that out I don't know maybe I can send those to you to listen to for me yeah no I think it's I mean I think that's that's been my struggle is like I I I totally see the value of that non non consuming time where you're just your your mind is there and like that's a big thing that's behind the no smartphone thing for me is that if I'm sitting in a car while someone else is driving I don't you know I don't have a, a device to occupy my attention and it just makes you actually think and just look out the window and do and I think that's valuable but I also think it's I mean I'm not anti productivity at all I'm I'm into productivity so it's all also like listening to music or, or listening to something while I'm washing the dishes. You know, I, I do that because I think it's a good use of time. And right. I haven't figured out where where the line is, and I like having lines and, and like, you know. Yeah. It's hard for me to just say, well, sometimes I'll I'll do nothing and sometimes I will listen to stuff. I like having rules and stuff like that. Well, it'll be interesting to see if you want to, if it's podcasts and blog posts, really, since you don't have a smartphone that's tied to the computer. I mean, I guess you can download stuff and save it onto your yeah, iPod. Oh, man, you don't want to get in my process. This, yeah, is, this is bad. So until very recently... Download and put it on a cassette tape. CDs, and then yeah. CD. I've okay. moved past cassette tapes. Actually, I've not moved past cassette tapes. I have No, not in your car, right? But I don't, I don't dub onto cassette tapes anymore. In the past year, I've stopped that. Okay. All I don't right. make mixtapes anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, no, actually, I what I do now is... Actually, this is advanced. I, I buy cassette tapes from eBay, old like Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins stuff, that's unavailable otherwise uh-huh. and then i put the boom box next to my <laughs> computer and put it into mp3s like put it, the microphone in front of the no it's a line out of the of the boom box oh, into okay. the computer and then right. it takes a while it's pain you got to listen to it in real time and have it on <laughs> but uh but i do that and yeah. but anyway but my until very recently my my actual podcast process for the car when i used to drive more was was get podcasts and then then put them onto CDs, like burn a CD with the podcast and then uh-huh. throw the CD away when I got to school or work or whatever, uh-huh. which is... Which what is a just, waste. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And just, and just like lame as possible could be. Would you be anti, like... Do you have an iPod? You have an iPod. I have an iPod, but it doesn't yeah. have any sort of Bluetooth connection or anything. So, yeah, but wouldn't that still be easier than downloading to a CD? Yeah, but I couldn't do that in a car very well. Oh, oh, Cause oh. Because my I car see. didn't have a right, right, place right. to plug okay. that in. Got it, got it. So, and it still doesn't. But now I just... I need to look up the laws because now I just drive around with one one earbud in uh, my ears. So yeah, I don't know. It used to be legal where I was in Maryland, but haven't checked North Carolina law on that one. So anyway, uh, that's that's my plight is figuring out how to how to do all that without <laughs> without being super high tech. But we'll see. So anyway, um, let's let's go ahead and get to the interview with Cordy. It's a good one. A lot about simplicity here, and like I kind of said earlier, if I don't know if 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 at this late stage, you you want to make some sort of change. You're into New Year's, or you want to be into New Year's, and you just feel inspired to make change, but you don't really know what to do, or you feel like you've failed before. You feel like you're just sort of I don't know. I think I think we often get the sense that uh, we aren't good at making change. Like you, it gets reinforced a few times after a few failures, and then it's kind of become self reinforcing that I'm not good at habit change. That that idea. So I don't know. If you're into something new, these two things from Courtney are, are really neat. They're just kind of different approaches and kind of taking a, an approach, uh, a, you know, aiming for simplicity instead of a big achievement, uh, I think is, is kind of a neat, different type of resolution. Uh, I don't think you should just say, I'm going to try to be more simple. I think if you do that, it won't go anywhere. 
but uh, Courtney has a few interesting ideas here. Plus, the thing that we collaborated on, Simple Year, uh, is also is also a possibility. So, enjoy the interview, and uh, we'll talk to you in the new year. Hey, it's Matt. I'm here with Courtney Carver, who has been a longtime friend of mine, really for about as long as I've been doing No Meat Athlete, maybe not quite as long. She is the author behind BeMoreWithLess.com, which is a great site about minimalism and simplicity. And I'm excited to talk about New Year's changes in general, simplicity in general, and just get into all that stuff. So Courtney, thank you very much for joining us here. Hi, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and it's great to, as we just said, to to actually talk because we've we've interacted so much online in the past, I guess, four or five years, and uh, this is the first time we've actually talked, which is which is really cool. We tried to do some sort of book tour event, but then I ended up not doing Salt Lake City, so it didn't work out. I know it's funny that we've never talked before because I really think of you as a good friend, and when I talk <laughs> to people about your site, I'm like, yeah, my friend Matt, <laughs> and I leave out the part that we've never actually talked before. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, I, I think people will be happy to hear this because I've mentioned you a good number of times on my blog and probably on this podcast as well. Um, specifically, the project—I I don't know if I'm saying it right because we haven't talked—is it Project Three Three Three? Is that how you say it, or do you say Three Thirty Three, or what do we? How do we? Do I that? say Three Thirty Three, but you can really say it any way you'd like. It's just <laughs> okay. the the three numbers just signify three months and thirty three items. So right. Cool. Yeah. And and it's something I've mentioned before because I do it with the with the clothing, which is really what it is about. Uh, and then it's having going for every three month period with just thirty three items of clothing, uh, with some exceptions, underwear and workout clothes. I believe don't count. People always want to know the details, so I do want to get into some of those. Um, but it was even on. It was in Oprah's magazine. Is that right? It was in uh, the Oprah magazine in this past March. So that was really exciting. That is really cool. So anyway, um, yeah, and it's a totally free thing that anyone can go and check out and do. So um, I would highly recommend that, but we'll we'll get there in a second. Um, so let's let's talk. Just since this is going to be coming out right around the new year, uh, I, I want to talk about New Year's resolutions and things like that because we talk a lot about simplicity here. So I think it's a I think it's a good match. And I don't know. Mostly when I think about making change nowadays, it tends towards being a little bit. Uh, simpler in, in most ways, not, not every way, but a lot of them. So I'm curious to think as someone who thinks a lot about change, uh, and growth, what do you think about new year's? Is is it, is it something like I'm a new year's guy. I I love new year's. I just, I, I understand that it's not, there's nothing magical that suddenly makes it easier to quit smoking or start running or whatever. But I just like that there's a time that actually is dedicated towards to thinking about change and, and committing to changes. Uh, even if people don't usually truly commit in the way you're supposed to, but I'm curious, what do you think about it? I completely agree. I love any type of catalyst for change. And so I'm lucky in that my birthday is in June. So I get two New Year's every year. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really use both um, New Year's and my birthday and other times to be excited about making a change. And I know there's a lot of you know, sort of controversy over whether resolutions are good or bad or helpful or not. But I think anytime we can bring our attention to improving our lives in some way um, and have the motivation to do that, even if it's something as silly as a date on the calendar, why not? Mm-hmm. I agree. And I like what you said about birthday. I've never really thought about that before, but uh, I've, I've mentioned before on this podcast, in fact, that the week between, because my birthday is the day after Christmas, so it's uh, the 26th. And so the week between the 26th and the 1st has always been like my 
best week of the year when I'm just like most interested in change and thinking about stuff. And I take, I deliberately set up side time to really like, you know, spend four hours in a day doing goals type stuff for the next year. And, uh, and it never occurred to me that that was because the birthday was right there. I figured it was just the holidays were over for the most part. And then this gap between then and new year's, but now that you say that it's probably the birthday probably has something to do with it, which I never, yeah, I think the birthday helps. It's a brand new year. So (laughs) it does. And, and the, the, it's a nice reminder that uh, you're getting older and, you know, <laughs> I or, forgot about that. Or I should say that you're not getting any younger. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that motivates me. It, it, that's one of the big motivating things for me is when I, when I do remember how old I am, it rather than depress me, usually it, it excites me. It just makes me want to go do something new. And Yeah, for sure. Okay. So um, practically speaking for someone who, uh, who, who wants to do something in the new year, but is sort of, you know, has has had all, some bad experiences before. Maybe thinks of themselves as someone who is not good at change, someone who consistently fails to make their New Year's resolutions last, or any goals actually last. Um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because I didn't I didn't send you this in advance or anything. But uh, what what would you say to that person? Like, where where can they start, or is there a general approach that that you would suggest, uh, whether relating to simplicity or just habit change? I mean, where, where would you tell someone like that to begin? Sure. Well, I mean, I've made some pretty significant changes over the past five years in my life from uh, everything from finances to diet to gosh, everything, the way I exercise, just a lot of change in the past five years. And what helped me really be able to stick with something is to have the the ability, A, to let it go or to make changes to the way I was changing things if it wasn't working, and B, not to wrap all of my, my I guess, the way that I measured things on the result, on the, the end product. And I that's how I used to approach change. You know, I'd make a goal and I'd say things have to look this way in three months or 60 days or whatever the time frame was. And if it didn't look that way, I was a failure and I gave up and went into the next change kind of feeling depleted because I had already um, let myself down. And so now I really take the pressure off by not making the, the end result define the entire project or experiment or change or whatever you want to call it. So I can really enjoy myself along the way and feel better about adjusting things and not feel like that's cheating in any way yeah I, I like that a lot and uh i i read a lot of zen habits and leo stuff there and I, I get a lot of those same themes from there that that it's uh, you know about the process and and that that it's not so much about these end results uh, i feel like i'm not really there yet with with simplicity and mindfulness and i'm still kind of tied into results uh so i'm wondering for someone like me like what about practice? And I think that's a great answer. I, I think that's fantastic. But I also worry that that someone is going to hear that and say, I'd like to get there, but I'm not there yet, which is kind of what I'm saying. Sure. Well, I mean, I like parameters. Clearly, mm-hmm. I really like to set boundaries <laughs> right? and I like the guidelines. But it if you think about it, like if you think about a change that you set out to do a year ago, the, you know, what if... I'm trying to think of a specific example, say that you wanted to lose 10 pounds and that was your resolution or the big change that you wanted to make. 
And in a six or eight week time frame, you lost the 10 pounds. But that change led to you beginning to run. And in a year later, you know, you didn't really remember the 10 pound loss. What you remembered is that you started running. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the unexpected result. On the flip side, maybe you didn't lose the 10 pounds, but something else happened along the way. Like you really learned to love a certain type of food. So I, I guess I know I'm being pretty vague about this whole letting go business because it's not as easy as it sounds. Uh-huh. And it's something that I still, you know, really focus on and have to, to sort of almost force in certain circumstances. But that is, I think, where we get hung up is not in the in the day-to-day stuff, but by really putting all our eggs in that, you know, final number basket. Right, right. Gotcha. Okay, so um, let, let's talk about, I mean, because simplicity is obviously your main vehicle for change. Uh, and I think I think that's interesting in itself like why for some people that's that's not the way they change you know some people are motivated by uh by complicating things like that it's more and more and bigger and faster and everything else um what what is it i mean why has simplicity been been your thing and what can that in, in if you're trying to sell someone on simplicity you know why 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 go simple rather than than more complicated and bigger yeah uh, so i well i can completely relate to the people that are sort of on that bigger is better page and I need more and I'll be more successful if I have more of this because that is exactly how I was. Um, I used to work in sales and I feel like my entire work life was based on deadlines and dollars and goals, dollar goals, bigger, Mm -hmm. bigger, bigger, better, better, better. And that is sort of how I started to define other areas of my life as well. And in 2006, I was diagnosed with MS and it, you know, that's kind of a long story leading up to that, but suffice it to say that that bigger is better lifestyle wasn't working out for me. Right. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, resonating with my body clearly. And I'm not in any way saying that that caused the MS because there isn't one known cause for this disease. But I do know that all of that stress, from trying to to grow in that way um, was making me feel worse right. uh, on a daily basis. And so my goal at that point was to figure out how to eliminate stress because I had learned through some research that stress was really devastating for people with MS, autoimmune conditions, and other disease. And I think just on a day-to-day basis, you'll notice if you're really stressed and overwhelmed with things, you might get a headache or get sick. And I often hear people say, oh, that's my body's way of telling me to slow down. Mm-hmm. But why do we always have to wait for that, that <laughs> message? I don't know. Right. But I did, clearly. And I kept waiting until I got the big message. And when I realized um, how stress was working in my body, I just set out to eliminate it. And I know that sounds impossible, but I just looked at you know each area of my life and how stress was impacting it and thought about how can I reduce this? And how can we reduce when that I, noise? I'd like to know. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. No, I'd have to move. Not a problem. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. So when I was making those changes, it wasn't at first, I wasn't 
intentionally simplifying, I was trying to reduce. And as I made the changes, I realized that simplicity was at the heart of all of these changes. So at first it was diet. You know, how can I make my diet less stressful on my body? And for me, that was removing meat and most animal products. And at the sort of middle of that process, I thought, oh, I've simplified my diet. And I thought, this was so powerful. How can I apply that simplicity process to this other stressful area of my life, like debt? How can I simplify the way that I um, handle money? And so my... uh, infatuation with simplicity was born. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is interesting to me because it sounds a little bit to me like I mean I I always tend to associate simplicity uh with the really small tiny steps approach to making changes. But it sounds like what you're saying that that that's not exactly your thing. I mean, cuz you're talking about about going mostly vegan and and vegetarian as your diet change rather than a simple tiny change of, of, you know, whatever, eat, eat a hundred less calories per day or, or whatever it is. Um, are you, is small steps your thing or are, are you all for like big massive changes? I believe in the power of small steps, but generally speaking, I am an all in or all out kind of person uh-huh. when it comes to change. And so I think those small changes help along the way. But once I decide that something has to give or something needs to change, I I may lean in slowly, but I know I'm on the way to a big, massive change. Right. Okay. And then I've, I've noticed, because I was checking out some of your stuff uh, and this this capsule kitchen challenge, which I am actually really excited about doing myself. Uh, I found it interesting in there that you that you talk about that like this isn't about suffering. And you said the same thing with, with the original Project 333, that it's or thirty three three, whichever it is, <laughs> that it's not it's not an exercise in suffering, which is sort of like so. So it's not about perfection, right? Because it's like if you if you need to if, with the food one, which we'll get to in a minute, if you've got to go indulge some craving, then then do it. Like if if you have to, fine. Um, generally, that that approach, you know, not not being into perfection or, or being so lax, goes really well with the smaller steps. And and when someone does want to make the all in big change, uh, you know, a, a tiny little deviation that, that basically ruins the whole thing. It, they say, okay, it's no longer perfect. I messed up. I, I quit. I, you know, I failed and then it's done. So, yeah. so how do you, how do you do both? Like, how are you, well, how can you do it, all in without? It all comes back to that letting go thing. And, and when you are all in the all in kind of person, like I am, um, those little slip ups can completely derail you. And, set you back. And so that's why I realized this is completely destructive. You know, why are these changes that I'm trying to make adding even more stress to my life? How can I, you know, make them more sustainable, more fun and, and approachable for myself and others? You know, that's the real thing is if you are really wrapped up in that perfect plan and perfect results, then you either a don't get started or you leap before you ever discover what you're really supposed to find out in the process. And so for me, that was the motivation to let go of that. And while I say I'm still all in and I believe that I am, I can do it in a more lighthearted way Mm -hmm. and realize that I'm still achieving the things that I want to achieve 
even if I went upside down in a chocolate cake last night, you know, that didn't, you know, my eating habits or my whatever the change is, you know, the problem that I had or have wasn't built in one night. And so the solution isn't going to happen in one night either. Or the the undoing, the unraveling isn't going to happen in one night or one bite. Right. I love that. I think I think there's so much power in that because I, I also, I, I agree with the small steps approach and I talk about it all the time because I've seen it work for myself. But I also know that I'm, I'm just someone who, when I get really motivated, it's about diving into something and, and I'm, you know, I get passionate enough and obsessed enough with something that, that usually that works pretty well. But, uh, the perfectionism is the constant risk of that, that, that if I get too into it, uh, and I think a lot of people have the same problem. If you get too into it and too focused on being perfect, then one mistake does throw you off. So I think there's so much power in getting to the point where you can be what you're, what you are, which is, which is like someone who is all in, but who's not letting the perfectionism run them. Like just, just realizing that nothing gets destroyed in, in one little transgression. It just, that, that it's all part of it. And, and it's so easy to follow that with the small steps approach. But I think if you can do it when trying to make a massive change, uh, I think, I think there's so much power. And I think that's something that I'm working towards trying to get to that. So, um, I think that's a great answer. Thanks. I mean, I've just seen, you know, it in myself and in other people that are close to me, that sort of, fierce commitment that you end up losing all sight of why you're doing this in the first place, which generally speaking is for a better life for more health, more happiness. And there you are sacrificing it because you don't want to make a mistake or it just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And, And it probably with the perfectionist mindset, you also probably limit the opportunities for the unexpected benefits and things that happen. Like you mentioned before, like if it's all about this weight loss thing, but a nice side effect of that, and maybe the lasting more meaningful side effect is that you become a runner in the process. I feel like if you're so perfection focused on something, then it's just that, that single focus dominates your life and you kind of can't experience those other benefits and those other things that end up often being more important than the change itself that you're trying to make. Agreed. Okay, so I love what you said earlier about that you like parameters because I hadn't really put that together in my mind that uh, that you do, but but clearly that's what that's what this project thirty three three or three thirty. Let's say three thirty three. Three thirty three. Okay, <laughs> that that that's all about. And uh, so so can you go into the? You probably told the story of what that is more than I have, and can probably do it briefer and better than I can. So. Tell us what that is about, because I I love it, and it's to, that has sort of been my gateway into minimalism. I mean, I've done the decluttering thing. In fact, I bought your and Leo's book a long time ago. But Project Three Thirty Three, I hope I'm getting it right. Great. <laughs> okay, um, is that that's the, the first thing that really stuck, and that I did and continue to do. So uh, let, let's hear about what that one is all about. Sure. So Project Three Thirty Three does have very specific parameters. It's an experiment. And I created the idea of 333, Project 333, um, with the idea of experimenting in living with less. And I think that experiments are a really fun way to try something on uh, without making it this big, huge endeavor. You know, again, bringing that lighthearted spirit back into things. 
And so I developed Project 333 as really a personal challenge to uh, look, take a closer look at my shopping habits and my spending habits. And where I was spending the most <clears throat> was in the, in the closet. And it, it's just because that was the easiest place for me. I could always justify a new pair of shoes or a new shirt or, you know, something. And it's inexpensive and just easy to accumulate. But I also thought it was really peculiar that here I was shopping all the time, yet I never had anything to wear and had to shop for more. So I thought, what if I experiment with this a little bit and try to wear only 33 items, including clothes, jewelry, shoes, and accessories for three months? What would that look like? And I wrote about it on uh, my blog and got started. And I expected that people would think it was crazy, and some people did. And what I didn't expect is that so many people would be really excited about it and want to try it as well. And that was fantastic for me. It gave me a lot of accountability and allowed me to have great conversations with people who were practicing Project 333 to see what they were learning and experimenting or experiencing. And interestingly enough, you know, this uh, experiment that some people called extreme and really wrote off as just a, a crazy project was helping people and they were having fun with it and it was actually making their lives easier. You know, it was easier for them to get ready on time. They weren't trying on multiple outfits. Uh, people were developing their own sense of personal style because they were finally giving themselves permission to wear their favorite things instead of all the things. Uh-huh. And uh, it really helped me tremendously uh, limit my spending and, and figure out what the deal was. And so that, I started that in 2010 and still go that way. I still dress with 33 items or less every three months and have developed sort of a capsule collection for each season. Uh-huh. And if I, if I lived somewhere that we didn't have four seasons, I would probably do three or two or, uh, you know, whatever I needed, but it's really helped me define what I need. Um, again, without suffering, you know, I'm not wearing the same dress every day. Not that I think there's anything wrong with that, but that wasn't for me. So I still have, you know, some variety for the different things that occur in my life. Um, but I, I don't shop for sport anymore. Right. I mean, I think so many things are great about it. First of all, bigger picture, I think I would add that it's not, it doesn't have to be about clothes for you. Like that, that for me, that clothes were never a problem. Just like food isn't a problem with this, with this other thing that I'm interested in doing, but they've been exercises in, in doing, in living with less. And that, I think that's fantastic in its own right. Like for no other reason than that, just, just to experience what it feels like in one tiny area of your life to to have this this restriction on how much you're going to have this self-imposed restriction, so it's a good restriction, uh, but it's just it's just a really valuable exercise and one that has changed the way that I look at minimalism and kind of just made minimalism something that is palatable to me. Because honestly, to me, 33 doesn't seem when you just hear about it, it doesn't seem like that few. I mean, 
maybe for women it's different, but when I when I thought about it the first time, I thought, okay, I can do that. That's no problem. When I actually tried to do it, it was a different story. Like it was, I had to make some tough decisions. But uh, I think it's just a fantastic exercise for that reason. I also love that that there is this focus on parameters, not just on how many clothes you can have, but that there's an end date where it's like if if it does. I feel like it helps so much to have an end date in sight because it it basically eliminates that fear of okay this has to be this way for the rest of my life and I think that fear prevents so many people from making changes. Uh, obviously, in the case of vegan vegetarian, the idea like I could never have a cheeseburger again is one that that makes people fail before they even start because it's just like you know it, it, that's a that's a battle you're going to lose the one against your this voice in your head saying you can never do this again, but the one that says 10 days or 30 days or three months and I can just make it to there and then I can reassess. I think that's, that's so valuable. Yeah. That temporary nature of the project and other changes that I've, or experiments, I guess that I've started change with has really helped. And in most cases, if it's a positive, uh, if it's a positive thing, I'll continue it, but it does help to have, have that, uh, you know, like you said, the end date and, Sometimes people will get really hung up on creating that 33-item collection and they want to go out and buy new things for it, which sort of defeats the purpose <laughs> of the project. And so I, I just say, just remember, this is temporary. It's three months, so you don't have to get rid of all of your other clothing. Just box it up and set it aside, put it out of sight, and see what happens after three months. And for me, after three months, to go back to all of the excess and and look at the things that I wasn't wearing anyway it it even brought a bigger light to the to the issue and to the fact that I didn't need those things right and uh as far as details for people who always do ask cuz they even ask me so you must get it all the time uh underwear doesn't count and yep. workout clothes right <laughs> yep so sleepwear underwear uh and workout clothes do not count uh, but you just have to be careful that you don't sort of compensate or overcompensate. And once you limit your your daily wardrobe, that you don't um, start building up in the workout arena. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that can be an easy thing to do. So, yeah, it's just uh, – and then the 33 things are clothes, shoes, accessories, and jewelry. But one thing I also like to mention is that the number 33 is not all that relevant. And so if you have been this chronic hoarder of clothes for decades and 53 sounds more reasonable to you and and is an easier approach, try that because even there, you'll still see the benefits. It's all relative. Right. Good. I like that. And socks, socks don't count either, do they? Socks don't count. Okay, good, because I have not been counting them. Yeah, and that's good. And some people will say to me, like, well, what if I wear uniforms to work? How am I going to factor that in? And I never want one tiny excuse to be the reason people don't give it a try. And so I just say eliminate that excuse. You know, count your uniforms as one item if that's helpful. Right. Or, or modify the rules to make it helpful for you. Yeah, and one, one rule I will admit having modified is uh... – the pile of running shoes under my bed that seems to just grow and grow and I can't ever get rid of them. <laughs> uh, I, I did do a clean out, but I think I'm down to like six pairs now. So I'll have to, uh, when January but they're workout hits. clothes, right? Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's a good little loophole. You're okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. But I would add like for runners, 
you don't need you don't need 15 running shirts you don't need for some reason like i used but i guess when i was a kid i placed so much value on these technical running shirts like that were shiny and slippery and it's just so it feels like every time you get one you need to keep it and hang on to it much more than like with a t-shirt like a cotton t-shirt but uh you know you're not going to run 15 times a week you're not going to run seven times a week most likely and like i don't know i've this may be gross to some people but i've gotten into the habit of having half as many running shirts as i think i need and wearing each one twice because i just take it in the shower with me after a run and then hang it to dry and it doesn't it doesn't smell or anything at least as far as i can tell maybe maybe my other people know know otherwise but <laughs> yeah that's gross matt i gotta go no. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know you don't have to go it's that true. far but it's true i did i went through the same thing with with yoga gear you know i always wanted um newer nicer because they make it now so that it's just fun to to own to buy and to own and to work out in but i only need two tops really and i've been fine with that so it's just yeah figuring it out on the way yeah and in case it's not that extreme i mean most people not most i shouldn't say but there are there are people who are really into minimalism out there who have who own only 50 things so like to have to have 33 items of clothes and also compared to i mean a lot of just people who are who are less fortunate than we are that that might be just like a, a crazy extravagant wardrobe in some person's eyes so i don't Absolutely. know just, it, it, you know have a perspective on it i guess um okay so let's talk quickly about the about the kitchen capsule because i'm this is i'm really excited about this just because i'm so much more into food than i am into clothes uh i don't consider food a problem of mine but i'm just curious because i've enjoyed the the clothing version of project 333 so capsule kitchen same exact thing except it's 33 ingredients instead of 33 items of clothing is there anything else to know there uh well i mean that really sums it up i just announced it yesterday in response to a survey that i did asking uh, readers from be more with less you know what their biggest struggle in life is and I, I guess I wasn't that surprised, but I kind of was that food was a big answer. And I write about food a little bit, um, but not all that much. And so I was really excited to have an opportunity to provide a solution that wasn't, uh, you know, coming from a nutritionist or a doctor, which I'm neither of those things. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about how simplicity has helped me in so many other arenas. Why not food? And so I thought about because I sort of eat a lot of the same foods anyway, and I think that most of us do, but there, I think about food a lot as well. So, you know, where am I going to go? We're, we're going out to eat. What are they serving? What am I going to order? If I go and work in a coffee shop or meet friends for coffee, what pastries do they have? You know, I'm always having, it seems like coffee and, so mm-hmm. it's never, mm-hmm. I never go to coffee for just coffee <laughs> and nice. I'd like to eliminate that. And so I thought if I can think of a few core go-to recipes and see some crossover in- ingredients, which I did, um, I could probably narrow it down to 33 and for three months eliminate all of those extras. Uh, and again, those parameters really helped me. I mean, last year, this time last year, you and I were talking a little bit about uh, the Eat to Live program. Mm-hmm. And I did that for six weeks um, last year and really enjoyed that just eliminating the the trigger foods and not I'm just not that great with moderation unfortunately 
So when it comes to food. And so it was nice for me to say, okay, this is what I can eat and this is what I'm not going to eat. And there's a little bit of that in here, although definitely more flexibility because you're creating your own perfect 33 items. Right, right. Yeah, I like it. And and spices and sauces don't count, uh, which makes it easier for sure. Right. That's a... a I started to build those into the list and realized that there are too many of them. And I think if it's less than a tablespoon, count it as sort of a flavor booster and uh, not as a core 33 ingredient. Gotcha. Yeah, I like it. I, I sense that a lot of listeners to this podcast actually won't have too hard a time with it because being vegan, you know, like the, the coffee shop thing is is pretty much out anyway like when i go to coffee shop it there aren't there's nothing for me to eat ever unless it's a bagel and even then i don't even know for sure (laughs) so it's like i think a lot of people have for me that that's a big uh theme of going vegan has been just moving towards a more simple life simply because i've had to it's easier to uh so so i think a lot of people won't have too much trouble but still limiting to 33 that in in the food realm that seems small because i'm i'm a big advocate of variety and diet so i'm always trying to you know add in stuff instead of instead of limit uh, so I'm I'm just excited to try it. I think there there are so many emotions we have wrapped up in food that we don't really realize because we eat so routinely and and we we don't think about that food that much. Uh, other than, I mean, we don't maybe consciously think too much about it. But when it's gone or when suddenly it's changed and you have to do something, th- there's there's all these feelings that come up. At least for me, like if I've done a juice type of cleanse or anything like that in the past it's always this weird emptiness that i that i feel in the afternoon when i remember that there's no dinner tonight no hot dinner like as a reward for being done work and and i'm never someone who's who's had a weird relationship with food or any sort of eating disorder or anything but like it's it's strange to me that still that that there's this huge emotional attachment that you don't even realize so way more than clothing uh i have that with food so I'm, i'm just interested to kind of I don't know. I like experiments like you do. And I would just be curious to see what happens with giving this a try. So, uh, yeah. And I'm just also interested to see, you know, where I won't be devoting so much time and attention to food. You know, it's pretty much mapped out for me. When I go in the grocery store, I know what I'm going to buy. There's not going to be any of this what's for dinner business or, and I'm just excited to see how that will free up my attention for other things. Right. Cool. Okay, so if anyone's interested in this stuff, um, theproject333.com is the place to find uh, the stuff about Project 333, but also right now, at least on the front page, may not be when this podcast comes out, um, there's a post about Capsule Kitchen. But if you want to find Capsule Kitchen stuff, it's also at bemorewithless.com slash kitchen, and we will put those links in the show notes. So I would highly encourage you, if you're if you're just looking for something to to mix it up or change or maybe maybe do New Year's a little bit differently than you've done it before. Um, I don't know. One of these projects to me seems like a fantastic place to start. They're totally free, which is awesome, and uh, have a lot of community around them and everything, so there's lots of support. So I would highly recommend that anyone does that. And let's see. I do want to talk about one more thing that we're doing together, but first I want to ask you um, about 2015 for yourself. What are you are, are you focusing on anything? Like what what, what is it when you think about – the, the new year like that you think I've, I've, I really want to do this next year. That's a big question. I, no, I don't have a good answer either for mine. <laughs> yeah, I want to do more of what I did actually in 2014, which was travel. Um, I traveled more than I ever have before this year. 
And at the very end of this year, I let go of a lot of work commitments to um, make room for more of that and to really, like, I really want to narrow my my work focus as well. And because I, for a simplicity blogger, I write about a lot of different things, which may appear complicated <laughs> and sometimes it feels complicated. And so I want to become even simpler in how I work and how I work with people so that I can be uh, more helpful. And uh, just, I just want more of the same. This has been a great year and I'm, I'm just excited again, like we talked about at the beginning here, you know, the date doesn't have a lot of significance, but it really does just sort of refuel and reinvigorate and make me excited for a lot of unfolding. Yeah, it does. So you want more, but you want more of the same. That's a good answer from a, a minute. More or less. I want more or less. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like that. All right. So, so last thing before we go, I've talked about this on the podcast before when it was uh, in the early bird period, but it's called a simple year. It's something that you and I are, um, what are there? 10, how many people are involved total? Is it 10 of us? Uh, there eight of are us? Uh, eight, eight total. Yeah. So it's called yes. the simple year. Uh, it's all at simpleyear.co. That's simpleyear.co. And uh, it's 12 months. Called The tagline is 12 months of guided simplicity. It's, uh, Courtney, I'm going to ask you to, to, since you kind of have headed up the project, um, to give more details than, than I am. But like, you know, from my perspective, it, it's each month there's a different module. I'm teaching one of them about fitness. And, uh, I mean, there's so many different ones. There's, there's work, there's busyness, there's clutter. And each month is taught by an expert in that area. Usually someone more minimalist, more simple than I am. Uh, so I'm, I'm sort of honored to, to be included in this group. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, and what what else? I mean, there's there's video, there's text, there's all kinds of stuff in each month's module. Am I missing anything? Yeah, uh, well, I just want to say I'm so glad we figured out a way to collaborate because yeah, we too. have been almost doing that for a long time. So I'm glad we found a, a way to do it. But uh, yeah, it's just a way to focus on one big change, which is simplicity. But very specifically each month on a different topic and it's a kind of a solution to that new year's resolution fail where you get going and then burn out in a month or two because every month you have a new reminder and new approach to simplicity so if simplicity is your new year's resolution this is i think a great answer to that yeah, I do too, and and we should make clear that it's not free. So I mean, we're not trying to trick anybody here. But uh, if if you know if you're excited about New Year's stuff, if you if you have failed in the past and you just I don't know you want to change it up and do it differently, uh, have have the built-in reminder, the built-in change each month of focus. Uh, you know, then then it's something for sure to check out. So it's at simpleyear.co. Uh, I, yeah, not, not too much more to say about it, I don't think. I don't want to give a sales pitch here, but, uh, yeah. but check it out. It'll be open again January 1st through January 10th. And, and if all goes to plan, this podcast episode will be going live a little bit before that. So uh, you can go over there and check out the details, simpleyear.co, and uh, it should be open within within a day or two after that. So um, I hope you'll check it out. Great. All right. Well, Courtney, this has been fantastic. I'm glad we have finally gotten to talk and, you know, get hear each other's voices in person which is cool um i don't know any any final words I, you know what i don't i don't like when people ask me any final words because i never have any good ones so i'm not going to do that question i know it's supposed to be something monumental and right. it's just disappointing so right. I'll can just you say, off the cuff give us something massively inspiring and special <laughs> can i just say happy new year to everyone how about that good i like that 
simple. All right. Thanks, Courtney. We'll be in touch hopefully uh, soon. We won't wait four years this time to talk again. And uh, I've appreciated your time. Sounds great. Thanks, Matt. All right. Bye.